0: Hello, and welcome into the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, we will be previewing the upcoming weekend for the LSU baseball team as the Ole Miss Rebels travel to Baton Rouge to take on the Tigers. We also look at what are the three keys to the weekend, who made the get right, stay right list, and finally, my series prediction. Thank you for tuning in. If you're listening in on audio for the first time, the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other audio platforms. If you're viewing this on the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod YouTube channel, please make sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button, comment, and hit that notification bell as well. On Twitter, the account is at 60FT6INLSUPOD. Make sure to follow the Twitter account, set your notifications, and interact with me as well. Thank you to everyone for all the likes, retweets, comments, and interactions during the games and after the games. I appreciate the support. And um, let's just keep this thing going as we move into Ole Miss week. So a little different setup here on the road for work. But, hey, got to get the content out. I will do the pod here. I'm doing it on a Wednesday night to make sure we get it out early for the Thursday um, pregame festivities and get you right for the weekend. So Ole Miss versus LSU, Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. LSU comes in at a 33-15 record. They are 14-10 in SEC play. They crushed Southeastern Tuesday night, 17-3. And they sit in a tie for second place in the SEC West with Texas A&M. Ole Miss comes in at 28-19. They are 10-14 in SEC play. And they just finished beating nationally ranked Southern Miss tonight, 4-1 in Hattiesburg. So they will make their way over to Baton Rouge tomorrow. LSU coming off a big series, taking two out of three from Alabama on the road while Ole Miss got a very much-needed sweep of Missouri on the road as well. So let's lead you off tonight with a little bit of uh, interesting information here. LSU's RPI currently stands at 16 with a strength of schedule of 22. Teams to watch out for in the race for national seeds, regional host. Vandy sits at an RPI of 5, and that's who LSU plays for their last SEC series next weekend on the road in Nashville. Auburn is at 7th. Georgia is at 9th. Florida is at 13th and the Aggies drop a little bit and they're at 20th in the RPI standings. Some series notes of between LSU and Ole Miss. LSU has won 20 of the last 29 series, but Ole Miss has taken the last, excuse me, taken 3 of the last 5. LSU has won 13 of 14 series in Baton Rouge since 1992. There hasn't been a series sweep in the last 10 seasons between Ole Miss and LSU with LSU's last series sweep coming in 1997. That was a pretty damn good team, if I may say so myself. So hopefully we can get a repeat of that this weekend. Ole Miss has dropped their last two road series to South Carolina and Arkansas in SEC play. While LSU is 7-2 and two in the second half of SEC play with one more league win, it will guarantee a non-losing conference record for the 27th time in 32 seasons. So we talked to the halfway point. I was thinking LSU would finish uh, 16 and 14. They play 30 conference games. And how they really had to pick it up in the second half. And as you can see, they've done just that with 7 and 2 in the second half of SEC play. Two more series to go. And um, everything's right in front of them. They control their own destiny. It's a really good place to be if you're a Tiger fan. So let's go through some stats. So some team stat comparisons. And remember, we were strictly strictly focusing on SEC games only at this point. Hitting LSU is 7th at a 270 clip Ole Miss is 11th in the conference hitting at 254 as a team both teams hit a lot of home runs LSU second in the conference they hit 47 home runs in SEC play and Ole Miss comes in at third with 43 home runs during SEC play Ole Miss is actually second to last with on base percentage they get on base um, about a third of a time during conference play um, Jacob Berry is leading the SEC in hitting during conference games remember conference games only here he is hitting 395, which is super impressive. Um, Elko, the big slugger for Ole Miss, is hitting ninth at 354 in SEC play. Cruz is slugging at a 732 percentage in conference play, which is amazing. That's good for third. And Elko and Gonzalez, we'll get into some more of Ole Miss' top hitters later. They are both in the top 15 in slugging percentage as well. And also through some other hitting um, categories, Cruz Elko, Barry, they're all in the top 15 hits and RBIs and just other categories that I'm not just going to sit there and break every one of them out because they're just a multitude, a plethora of hitting categories for SEC stats. Cruz has 11 home runs in SEC play, which is good for third, while Elko and Gonzalez each have 10 home runs in SEC play, which is a tied, they are tied for fourth. So very impressive by both of those guys from Ole Miss. In terms of team pitching, LSU comes in with a team ERA of 4.20 in SEC conference games, which is good for third. And Ole Miss has a 5.5 team ERA, good for eighth. LSU has a 261 batting average against, while Ole Miss pitchers, they're actually the fourth worst in the conference. And their pitchers have a 282 batting average against. And when you look at Ole Miss pitching staff, um, they actually give up the third most hits in conference play, and they're very average statistically when you look at all the different metrics when it comes to SEC games. All right. These are getting more and more difficult to come across, I think, and this week, just to try to find some unique statistics, I had to dig, and uh, hopefully it wasn't too much of a reach here. So gold-plated money stat time. Gold-plated money stat time, if you're just joining us for the first time, I know some new people may, be al- may have just been alerted to the pod, just some dumb saying I made up, but we stuck with it, so we're just kind of where I find off the wall and unique statistics that may uh, hopefully play themselves out in LSU's favor during the weekend. So... LSU is second in SEC play behind Texas A&M. They are hitting 293 versus right-handed pitchers. And Ole Miss will go with a righty on Friday and a righty again on Sunday. And they've really raised their average versus left-handed pitching. I know I harped on that a couple weeks ago. They were in the 190s, and now they're all the way up to almost 230 versus left-handed pitching. So to raise that average as a team, 40 points, is phenomenal. But they're smoking righties, almost at a 300 clip, so second in the SEC LSU is third in hitting with two outs. We saw that play itself out in Bama where they had 66% of their runs scored or with two outs. So third in hitting with two outs at a 274 clip, and they are second in the conference in two-out RBIs, which is no surprise to anybody who's watched this team play. They do a very good job hitting and driving in runs with two outs and extending those innings. Ole Miss's pitchers, they are the third worst in SEC versus left-handed hitters Left-handed hitters hit 283 against the Ole Miss pitching staff. So let's see Pearson, Stevenson, Morgan, Joe Bear. I don't think Barry's going to be in there because he may only be able to hit right-handed. But Pearson, Stevenson, the freshman, Morgan, who went nuts against Southeastern, and Joe Bear, who's hopefully kind of coming out of a slump. Let's see those boys tee off against the Ole Miss pitching staff. LSU and Ole Miss are the two worst teams in the SEC when it comes to hitting with the bases loaded. So for some reason neither team likes to drive in runs. Now remember bases loaded, you're only gonna have I think they have like eighteen and, and twenty attempts. And they um yeah, they're both hitting under one thirty three. So neither team great when the when the bases are loaded. So actually I guess the pitchers could breathe a sigh of relief if if that's really a thing while you're out on the mound. I know I never did, so I doubt that's gonna happen, but I thought that was a funny statistic. So all right, let's get into some individual Ole Miss hitters. And look, I think these are four guys that you have to be careful with this weekend. They drive the team, much like LSU kind of has a big four, but you've seen different guys pop up with regards to Dugas is just getting going again. McManus has been huge. You've seen Joe Bear at times. Uh, Thompson's kind of coming around a little bit more. But these are the four guys. If I, If I'm the coaching staff at LSU, I'm circling this on the scouting report and putting stars, highlight, whatever you need to do next to these guys' names. Tim Elko, the first baseman. Miss is going to hit in that three or four hole slot he's hitting 354 in SEC play he has 10 home runs he has 17 home runs overall he's slugging 708 in conference play which is amazing but he does like to strike out and he strikes out a ton I looked at the stats very briefly before I got on the pod he struck out twice tonight against Southern Miss and I think he's almost at 60 strikeouts for the year so he will you know hit it a long way but he's also going to punch out his fair share as well the next uh, guy to watch out for is Jacob Gonzalez. He is their shortstop. He's probably going to hit in the two-hole uh, left-handed hitter. He's hitting two fifty-eight in conference play, so not great. Not too bad, I guess. But he has two ten home runs in SEC games and 14 home runs overall. And he's, he's really one of the guys on their team that is very patient. I guess being in the two-hole, he wants to set the table for Elko and the next guy I'm going to mention. He's actually the only person that has more walks than he does strikeouts on the Ole Miss uh, hitters. So, Jacob, and you're going to see him flash leather all weekend. He's very good. He's a high draft pick next year. He's a sophomore this year. So, um, that guy's, and he's a stud. So, the next guy to look out for on the list is Kemp, K-E-M-P, Alderman. He's their DH. He's a big cat, just a big old thick country looking kid. He's hitting 307 SEC games. He has five home runs. He hits in the middle of the order. He's going to hit behind Elko probably or hitting that five hole. And uh, Justin Bench, he's their leadoff hitter. He's going to play third. And he just gets on base. He kind of sets the table for everybody else. He's hitting over three hundred for the year, hitting two eighty one in SEC play. So besides those four, you got Elko, who feels like he's been there forever. Jacob Gonzalez, their shortstop. Alderman's a big kid. He's their DH, and you have Bench, who's going to lead off. But then there's another guy who's been coming on strong, and I think he, he hit the ball well against Southern Miss again tonight. But his name is Kevin Graham. He's hitting three seventeen in SEC play with four home runs, eight home runs on the year. So he hasn't started all the SEC games for Ole Miss. I think he's started about half of them so far, but he's uh, seemed like he's taken on a bigger role lately and he's really swinging the bat well. And I watched some highlights of them and watched a couple games. I watched some of their games against Arkansas. And while they don't straight up steal a lot, the one guy you have to watch out for is the center fielder McCants. He looks like he could be playing a wide receiver over there for Lane Kiffin. He's 10 of 14 on the year in the stolen base category. But they will hit and run. They will pick their times to steal. You know, Bianco's going to do what it takes to score runs. Um, they've had trouble scoring runs at times this year. And if you see the game get, you know, if it's 4-2 if it's to two on Friday night or Saturday's 3-1, to one, they're going to do something, try to put some runners in motion just to try to get some runs across. In terms of the Ole Miss pitching staff, their starters on Friday, it's going to be junior right-hander Dylan DeLucia. So he's he's their bulldog. He's going to set the tone for them. He's got a good fastball. He's 92-94. to 94. He's got a hard-breaking ball. He's 4-0 in SEC play now, and he's beating some really good teams. He beat Auburn. He beat Arkansas. He's got a 3.94 ERA in SEC play, 45 and two-thirds innings pitched, 45 hits. Look, and he's going to throw in and out, up and down with that fastball. He's going to change all levels. He's got a hard-breaking ball. Um, not a huge strikeout pitcher, but he does go deep in the games. He'll, he'll go 100, 100-plus 100 pitches. I look for him to bust a lot of those LSU hitters in, as we've seen some pitchers do over the past couple weekends. And um, Look, I know Mike Bianco. He was one of my coaches. He did a ton for me as a player at LSU, and he knows how to call pitches, bottom line. He learned from Skip, and um, those guys are going mix, to mix speeds and go in and out and try to exploit people's weaknesses. The Saturday guy is freshman Hunter Elliott. He is a left-handed pitcher. Last week, he was named co-SEC Freshman of the Week for his performance against Missouri. And he he kinda has an arm slot like Riley Cooper a little bit. So that low three quarters arm slot. He's 90 to 93 with more of a slurve than a big overhand breaking ball. He does flash a change up as well. And um he's been throwing very well as of late in the SEC. He's one on one in conference play, a three point one six ERA, thirty one in a third innings pitch, twenty seven hits, forty one K. So he does have swing and miss stuff right there. And only a two thirty three batting average against. So he's gonna play that middle game. And um LSU's picked it up against left-handed pitching as of late, and we'll hopefully we'll see that continue on Saturday, and then Sunday, it is junior right-handed pitcher Derek Diamond. Now he has been scuffling in SEC play. He's kind of the complete opposite of Elliott. Diamond is one in four in conference games. He has a seven point four four ERA, thirty two and two thirds innings pitched, forty four hits, man, and he has a three fourteen batting average against. So. I really like that I'll save that to later, but I really like that matchup of LSU against junior right-handed pitcher Derek Diamond for Ole Miss on Sunday. I mean, his stats are not great, so hopefully we can run him out of the game early. And that Sunday game looks like the same one we saw against Southeastern, the same one we saw against Alabama on Sunday, where LSU's bats just go bananas. In the bullpen now, they do have a legit dude at the end of the game. They do have a good closer. His name is Brandon Johnson. He is a right-handed pitcher. And look. I have a feeling LSU fans are going to not like this guy a lot. He's very emotional. He gets fired up on the mound. He's going to come in throwing 94 to 97. He's going to come right at you. He's probably going to talk a little crap where that's directed towards LSU or his own dugout. But I've seen him at the end of games, and he's going to let that sucker loose. He has two saves in SEC play, 21 in a third innings pitch with 32 Ks. So he's coming right at you, almost like a, a Razelman. And, um... He's going to throw that hard fastball and make you hit it. And he has swing and miss stuff, obviously. His batting average against is 188. And he looks like by his stats, he will come in for more than one inning. So I'm sure Bianco, if he has a chance to get a win, will try to stretch him out to two. But he's their dude at the back end. And looking at the rest of their bullpen, it's just not very impressive in conference games. I mean, right-handed pitcher Jack Doherty, he's getting hit all around during SEC play. He has an ERA in the mid-sevens not good. And you have left-handed pitcher John Gaddis, and uh, his ERA and his statistics are just about the same. So it seems like they really rely heavily on their starters. They'll bring in Johnson to close it out. And from a statistical standpoint, I mean, I'm sure they have some guys down there, but just nothing really stood out. You have guys with, you know, five to seven ERAs, more hits than innings pitched, not a ton of strikeouts, high batting average against, so it's not going to be like the Arkansas bullpen coming in, you know, when those guys are just four or five dudes down there all right here we go get right feel right list now this I almost feel like i should put out a twitter poll for this thing this is definitely feel like it's getting tougher and tougher to choose who should be on this list i think the longer the season goes maybe we'll do a twitter poll next week if anybody responds you know if i have like five or people respond then uh we're gonna x that all right get right <clears throat> you may disagree with me on this but i'll put Mikael Hilliard on the get right list for this week. Now, look, he's been great all year. I've sung his praises all year. No need to go into all that stuff again. And he sets the tone for this team. Friday night games, the first to get the weekend started off right. But look, the last two weeks, he has really, not really struggled, but he's struggled. You know, he's always going to have that curveball. But in my opinion, it's really due to a lack of command of that fastball. So his last two starts... Here's his lines for the combined lines for the last two starts 10 innings pitched, 16 hits, seven runs, six earned, three walks, and 11 Ks. So he's averaging about 95 pitches in those five innings. And if you think about it, if you're a pitching coach or if you're a pitcher, you want to average about 15 pitches an inning. You know, man, there may be some longer where you get up there to 22, and there may be some shorter. But we always said, look, 15 pitches, three up, three down. You want to get in and out of there. And obviously, those last two outings, he's almost averaging 20 pitches an inning. So, And to me, it all just gets back to his fastball. He can get the curveball over, but once people have seen it two or three times in an at-bat, it's still effective, but they start to foul it off a little more, and he's having a little more trouble putting people away. I'm not panicking, and I don't think you should as LSU fans, but I think everybody wants to see him kind of get back into that groove where he just starts dealing and he's going 6-7, and seven, and it's um, a little less stressful. Let's just say that. And look, he's on Friday, he's facing another tough pitcher in in DeLucia. So he's going to face another Bulldog out there, another leader for Ole Miss. And I think that game, I think Friday night's game is going to be a really well played game, a well pitched game at that. All right, the second dude on the get right list. And he's been on both sides of the list before, but I put Doty on there. He's been on get right, he's been on stay right. But to me, I think he's struggling. So just hear me out. I know he's Mr. Clutch. I'm not saying he still can't be Mr. Clutch, but his last eight games so I went all the way back to the Georgia series his last eight games he is 7 for 35 i'll do the math for you that's 200 he's batting 200 and he has 12 strikeouts and he had some rough ones in bama i think he had he was 0 for 6 on the last day i think on saturday he went 1 for 5 so and sometimes i wonder about his approach but it's kind of good and bad, right? You can't fault it because his approach is what gets him a walk-off double against Missouri. His approach gets him a walk-off two-run bomb um, against Georgia. And I just don't think he's going to change it at this point. Look, they'll put three three infielders on the left-hand side of the infield and dare him to hit the ball to the four-hole, to the second baseman where nobody is. And I'm sure him and um, Coach Johnson have talked about it, and I'm sure Coach Johnson probably said, look, I don't want you to change anything. We're just going to hang with it. But sometimes he is so aggressive, almost overly aggressive, to where he'll have men on base, like first and second, nobody out, or second and third, one out, and a sacrifice fly would be great, or some type of ground ball that moves people over or whatever, and it'll just be like a three-pitch at bat, or he'll pop up to the catcher, or he'll strike out, so maybe I'm just hyper-focused on him, because I know he's such an important part for the, of this team moving forward, but I would love to see Doty get right, and he doesn't have to go nuts, he doesn't have to go 10 for 12, but I'd just like to see him have a solid, consistent weekend, you know, five for 11, Maybe one strikeout, a couple walks, you know, driving a couple runs. So just see him like to see him get a little more consistent in that four or five hole. All right. So Doty and Hilliard on the get right list. Stay right. I put uh, so I kind of comboed this thing up first. So stay right. I put Dugas and McManus. So I put Dugas up there because he's just started playing. So I want him to keep up what he's doing. Listen to these stats. And that's why I put McManus up there as well. So with him just getting back in the lineup. And I don't know if he's going to start Friday night with a right-handed pitcher on the mound. You know, does uh, Coach Johnson put Stevenson back in left and have Dugas play third? And Stevenson back in left field and Joe Bear DH? Or does Dugas play left field, uh, Joe Bear DH, and then he puts like Merrifield or Cran uh, excuse me Cranford at third? I don't know what he's going to do. I would love to see Dugas third if he thinks he can play that position, Joe Bear, DH, and Stevenson in left field. To me, I think that's the best lineup right now with Barry out because I think Barry can only still hit right-handed right now. So, And he's had him hitting leadoff, but I would love to see him in the five spot. Listen to what he's done. Now, he's only played in three games, but he's going four for six with three RBIs. He's got a bomb, which he hit against Southeastern. He has five walks in three games. Five walks. So obviously he's patient, he's comfortable with the swing, he's comfortable with his approach, he knows the zone, and I just think, I don't know, I like Pearson leading off, because I think Dugas can provide just a huge benefit in that four or five hole to just drive in people, or if for some reason we go three up, three down, then he gets the, noth- the second inning going, you know? I just, I just think that's where he's very valuable. But I'm not getting paid to make those decisions. So Dugas on the stay right list. I also have McManus, he's been on fire the last eight games. He's hitting 500 with three home runs and you just hope to see him continue that hot streak. He does so much. We've mentioned on the pod before he does a ton for the bottom of the order. He's got a lot of pop at the bottom of the order. Remember the more he hits at the bottom, the more he rolls the lineup over and he gets Cruz and Pearson and Doty and Morgan. He gets those guys more ABs. So it's important for him to have that punch at the bottom of the order, wherever he's hitting seven, eight, nine. So McManus, Let's stay hot, baby. And the last one on the stay stay hot list, stay right list, sorry, stay right list, Jacob Hasty. That's right. He has been absolutely enormous for LSU this season since he has come on board. All he's done is have eight appearances with a 1.06 ERA, 17 innings pitched, seven hits, three walks, and 21 Ks. Let me repeat that for you. 17 innings pitched, seven hits, three walks, 21 Ks. And we all know the types of situations he's getting put in. When the starter gets pulled early, Hasty comes in for two, three, four innings at a time. The other day against Bama, he got a 3 2 punch out on a dirty curveball that was really ball four, but the hitter helped him out, so we'll take that. But I would love to see Hasty just stay right. And he's just been enormous. To me, one, he takes some pressure off of Cooper, but two, He's so big in that relief role, in that middle to long relief role. You just cannot, you cannot put him in the starting role. That is my opinion, my opinion only. I think other people probably think like that. And I just, don't, I just think he's too valuable to put in there on a Saturday starting role to where he could possibly throw Friday and Sunday as well, or Friday and Saturday, depending on how many pitches he's thrown. But hasty. Let's stay right. So just to review, real quick. Get right is Hilliard and Doty. Stay right. Dugas and McManus, a combo pick, and then Hasty coming out the pin, baby, the nasty lefty. Okay, moving on. What are the three keys to the weekend? And I had to think long and hard about this. One, it's Friday night for me. I think it's going to be a great game. You want to start the weekend off right? Look, it's, it's the seniors' last home series at LSU. I think they're going to host a regional, so hopefully it's not the last time they're in the box playing in front of the home fans. And I'm really looking forward to the matchup of Hilliard versus DeLucia. I think the is going to be tough and look, he's going to be in there for the long haul and Bianco doesn't use his pen like coach Johnson has already mentioned. I hope, I think it's going to be electric at the box on Friday night with the last home series. I plan on being out there and I'm really looking forward to Hillier regaining some of that form. I think this game is going to be back and forth and I think it's going to come down to the last, you know, two innings probably. And um, I think it's going to set the tone for the weekend. So the first key for the Tigers is Friday night. Got to get off to a strong start and got to take that opening dub on Friday night. The second key. Can the LSU pitching staff find ways to limit Elko, Gonzalez, Bench, and Alderman? The four guys I mentioned earlier. Can LSU do something to slow those guys down? Because that th- these guys make Ole Miss go. And if you could find a way to limit two of the four. To me it looks really good for the weekend. I think they're going to have a lot of success. LSU that is. But. Man, if three of those four guys are going off, or all four of those guys are going off, which I think is probably pretty rare, then that's just absolute trouble. Capital T, rubble. And and they're going to all hit in the beginning of the order, one, two, three, four. And I, I just think you have to limit their damage, even maybe pitch around those guys to me, because there are some big swing and miss guys at the bottom of the order. I mean, they have a ton of strikeouts, some of these guys. Elko has a ton of strikeouts, Leatherwood, Dunhurst, McCants. McCants is something like six walks and 33 punch-outs. And LSU LSU has guys at the back end of the game and in that back end of the bullpen that have absolute swing and miss stuff. We all know that with Gervais and Cooper and um, Razelman and Fontenot as well. So the second key to the weekend, can the LSU pitching staff find ways to limit Elko Gonzalez, Bench, and Alderman? And I think that's even more important for the starters in the pen. That's just my opinion. And then lastly, the last key to the weekend... Uh, This may surprise you. I kind of took a flyer on this one. But can Ty Floyd, I assume he's going to be the Saturday starter. If he doesn't start on Saturday, you can just throw this sucker right out the window. But can Ty Floyd find a way to keep it close and give LSU three to four innings? And that's what they've been missing on Saturday lately. Look, his outing against Bama was great. Hopefully his confidence is sky high. He showed a phenomenal three-pitch mix with the changeup, which I hadn't seen all year. His breaking ball was consistent. And his fastball was in the zone. And we know he's going to throw hard, but sometimes it's, his fastball hasn't been in the zone and his breaking ball has been non-existent. So if he does start on Saturday, hopefully he can find a way to calm his nerves. Just go out there and just do your job for three to four innings and then the bullpen will pick up the rest. But to me, I'm going to assume LSU is going to win with Hillier on the mound just because he's that guy. That would be enormous on Saturday. And plus he's going up against... You know, the co-SEC Freshman of the Week, and Ole Miss left-handed pitcher Hunter Elliott. And I would imagine his, his confidence is sky high as well, just getting named to that honor, and he threw really well at Missouri. So, but I assume Ty Floyd's going to pitch on Saturday. We'll just have to wait and see. But the other big thing is if Floyd gets off to a good start, you know, against lefties, against Elliott, you know... LSU's got to learn to let that high fastball go. That's the biggest thing, right? Lefties tend to leave a lot of balls high and away or up and out the zone just because they fall off the mound or they fly open, especially against right-handed hitters. And um, if LSU can find a way to get his fastball in the zone, um, stay ahead, stay in hitters' counts and get to him early, I don't think Ole Miss has a very deep pin. That would be huge on Saturday as well. All right, so wrapping this sucker up here. Series prediction. Got to go with my head and not my heart. So I think LSU takes two out of three. The Tigers taking two out of three at home this weekend at the box, sending the seniors off in the right way. I think Friday is going to be a battle between Hilliard and Delucia. I think the Tigers come out on top. I think Saturday is going to be a tough matchup too with Elliott, who's been very good in SEC play as of late. And uh, I just don't know how the start's going to go for Florida or what that pitching situation is like, and I have a feeling – that the Saturday game against Ole Miss is going to be like the Saturday game against Georgia, where it's kind of a hit fest. It's close, back and forth, and then maybe Ole Miss pulls ahead late, maybe with a bomb or two from Elko or Gonzalez to put him ahead. But then I think on Sunday, LSU comes back in the absolute pound, Derek Diamond, on Sunday. Because he has a 7.44 ERA, I'm going to go with the stats. You are who you are at this point. Look, I mean, you got two SEC series left. You're not going to bring that sucker down. You're not all of a sudden going to get great. I mean, you could have a good outing, but... I think LSU crushes him on Sunday and I see it playing out similar to the Georgia series. And I think this is another factor people haven't been talking about, but LSU has everything right in front of them, right? Uh, Regional hosts potentially slide into a top eight national seed, but look, Ole Miss is fighting to get an SEC tournament, bottom line. And they got to go, or A&M is coming to them next weekend. So A&M is a very good team, which we all know. They're tied for second with LSU and SEC West. And I'm going to be honest. I think my Bianco is fighting for his job right now. And I hate to say that because, as I mentioned earlier, he did a ton for me personally and a ton for me um, while I wore the purple and gold. And I just think he's been a great coach. One thing I don't think a lot of people realize is that Ole Miss, before Bianco got there, they were garbage. They were hot garbage. When you saw them on the schedule, I didn't care if it was an Oxford or in Baton Rouge, that was a sweep or that was two out of three. Guaranteed, chalk it up home or away. So what he's done with that program, I think people just overlook because he's been there for so long. I mean, if you look at their facilities, you look at the atmosphere over there, they're doing things uh, differently in right and left field now. I think they're supposed to add some more stuff out there. They got the frat bros throwing the beers on everybody when they hit bombs. And I get that they haven't um, done a great job in regionals or super regionals. And they've had a ton of talent with regards to their recruiting class rankings. But the things he's done for them um, I think he's just brought that program to another level. And, look, you got Arkansas in the SEC West. You've got LSU's coming back with a new coach. Um, Alabama and Auburn haven't been great. Mississippi State won the national championship last year. a just hired Nagel, and they have a very good pitching coach in Nate Yeske. So Ole Miss is in the thick of it, right? And you got Vanderbilt who's always there. So I think Ole Miss people need to take a step back and realize y'all were horrible for a very long time. And the fact that you're, you were preseason like, what, top five, number one? I mean, come on, man. You are Ole Miss, so. All right, that's what I got. Tigers take two of three from the Rebels at home. So that's going to do it for this week's Ole Miss versus LSU 60 feet, six inches series preview. Please make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, like and comment on this video. Make sure to check out the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other audio platforms. Be sure to follow and interact with me on Twitter. Once again, the account is at 60FT6INLSUPOD. Looking forward to a great weekend of baseball. I'm sure the weather should be great. Everybody stay safe, and we will see y'all after this series for the, LSU, excuse me, for the Ole Miss LSU Review Pod. Appreciate y'all. Take care.